0: And welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm here with my wonderful, beautiful Disney, Star Wars, Marvel (laughs) loving wife, Michelle. Hello, everybody. Thank you, honey. So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode on Sunday, April 14th. 2019. It's been another exciting week in in Star Wars, (laughs) in Disney. It's been a crazy week. This is going to be a crazy episode.
1: Oh, we're looking forward to it, though. A lot of great things to talk about. And oh my gosh, like you said, I mean, just electricity in Mm. the air. Oh,
0: so much, so much stuff. This, This episode... I hope I can keep it under two hours. It's a crazy episode. Uh, That's the challenge. Oh, that is a it's real on. challenge. It Boy. is on. I, I, was, I thought when I was, saw the news coming out this week I first, I thought like, this is going to be a three-hour podcast. But no, I promise we're not going to do that. I'm going to try and keep it to around an hour 45, an hour 35. <laughs> we'll see. But I'm not going to be two hours for sure. Uh, thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, by the way, uh, some interesting things happened this week. Uh, through no fault of our own, we kind of had to make it a quick emergency move of our podcast to a different server. It's on a temporary, not temporary, but a different side. We kind of reverted back to SoundCloud for now. We're hoping to secure a, uh, a more permanent home for it. Again, coming up this week so um, so i apologize if anything happened out there where like uh, i saw one time like uh, you just have 30 new episodes of the hyperion adventures podcast i mean I, that, they were just kind of some weird things when we were moving it we'll probably move it one more time but hopefully there won't be a hiccup out there for you you should be able to find us always on itunes google Podcasts, spotify stitcher and of course we also have a website hyperionadventurespodcast.com
1: right and so we do really appreciate anything that you can share with us in terms of how you like this podcast. What would you suggest some different things or if you want to share some things that we would, you know, give out there on the podcast and give you full credit, please reach out to us.
0: Right. And if you do see a bump in this for some reason, you're not getting it on your normal place where you get the podcast, please let us know because uh, we just need to get that corrected as we move forward here. We want to make sure uh, that it goes as seamlessly as possible because we love all you Hyperion adventurers and we want it to be as smooth as it possibly can be uh, getting this Podcast. And by the way, you've been giving us a lot of love recently. Uh, Speaking of a lot of love, um, we got a really, really wonderful message. Big shout out to uh, part of our world podcast. You can find them on Twitter at P O O W podcast. They just sent us the sweetest note on Twitter Mm -hmm. about our episode. Two episodes ago, the uh, five favorite uh, Disney songs that made us cry episode. It was just so sweet what they said about that. It
1: sure was. And thank you. Thank you very much. I have to admit, when I read that, (laughs) I started to (laughs) cry. It's like, oh, my gosh. It was so amazing. We really appreciate that feedback. And we got some other uh, tweets Disney DNA, they sent some really sweet regards to us. So thank you, everybody. We're glad that people responded to that show and that it did touch people as much as us and so thank you for letting us know that
0: right and both those podcasts as well as many others that we uh, we touch base with on Twitter and you should listen to them part of our world podcast they're great Disney DNA podcast they're great we just did a piece actually recorded it last week it's going to be on the Disney Discussions podcast uh, that didn't deal with Star Wars right. you'll want to check that out too with so many more podcasts out there uh, Disflix Tidbits there's so many of the great mm-hmm. ones that are kind of part of our uh, Disney podcast family. Um, Of course, our our good friend Rob LeBerry and if you're more of a Star Wars fan or if you're a Disney and Star Wars fan, just like he is, Jedi Temple Archives podcast, check them all out too. Uh, They are all great shows. Yes. and we have a lot of fun on Twitter, and you can find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast, and you can always email us at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> let's get to this week's show. And there was a ton of stuff that happened this week, and we have a lot of stuff for you today, including Disney reveals at Disney Plus. We found a lot of details about that. Uh, we get the title and trailer finally for the next <laughs> Star Wars film. <laughs> And we're going to review Disney Nature's newest movies. But let's get to our main topic, which, if you remember from what we did last week, last week we talked about uh, going to Disneyland as a Walt Disney World fan. Well, uh, this time we're switching that around. We're going to Walt Disney World as a Disneyland fan, and we d- we discussed this a little bit of what inspired us last week, but just to go over that again, uh, I grew up personally on the West Coast going to Disneyland. That was pretty much all I knew until much later in my life. <laughs> Michelle, on the other hand, grew up going to Walt Disney World. She grew up in and around the East Coast and in Florida, and uh, so she only knew Walt Disney World for much of her life, and we right. both kind of got shocked when we went to the other Uh, resort at some point.
1: Exactly. And we realized that a lot of that mainly had to do with expectations of having a similar experience to what we were accustomed to on our own personal coast.
0: Right. So for me, uh, when I finally got into Walt Disney World for the first time, Michelle was the one who took me there for the first time. Mm -hmm. We had recently gotten together, and she invited me out, and I got to check it out for the first time. But it's a little overwhelming. I'm lucky that I had a guide (laughs) like Michelle who knew it so well to kind of show me around and take me to all the great places to go and how to uh, maneuver it. But it can be overwhelming overwhelming we also have we're bringing family uh of ours uh, of mine uh that has only known disneyland as well and so they're only used to tiny little disneyland we talked about last week where you can just hop skip and jump from park to park and you know before that it was just one single park for so long uh so easy walt disney world can seem huge to you if you don't know it and so it can be very overwhelming so we thought we'd kind of go over that today
1: right i mean it Walt Disney World does provide so many more options, which is awesome. But you're right, Tom, it's it is an overwhelming or daunting situation. And as we were preparing for today's podcast, realizing we we need to do like even a separate episode just on how to prepare and plan mm-hmm. for. But today, I think we really wanted to just demonstrate or highlight some of the differences for people so that if you do go into that park, from the other coast, <laughs> uh, and in this case, going to Walt Disney World, then, you know, you kind of have a little bit of understanding what some of those differences are and kind of help and consider that when making your plans.
0: Right. It's a completely different world. It is a Disney world. World. (laughs) It is a Walt Disney world. It really is much different and it can feel, it really can bury you with how much there is to do and see and take in there. And if you don't do it correctly, if you don't plan correctly, uh, you could feel like you didn't, get to all the stuff you wanted to do uh that uh, you know everything was too far away i Time mean you really have trouble <laughs> so this is kind of for if you haven't if you've lived on the west coast and haven't ever been or anywhere in the, uh, the u.s or wherever you know, anywhere in the world because we have we're global we get right. these downloads from all around the world which is always amazing to me um it can be a a little bit interesting to kind of figure this all out so we're here to kind of help you with that and even if you've already been and felt overwhelmed the first time you went uh or the 15th time you went because you weren't planning out or whatever the case whatever the situation was, we're here to help so um and after this episode is over if you want want to ask us any questions we're happy to answer them for you
1: right and so you know talking about that as international or global the the things we're going to be talking about today would be applicable to people who have gone to like Disneyland Paris mm-hmm. and coming over to Walt Disney World as well.
0: Right, and we we, we which we have experience with. Right. We don't have an experience with any of the Asian parks, unfortunately. Yeah, we do want to uh, do that. It is on our list of things to do here in the next several years. But uh, we do know Disneyland Paris, and we know the differences, obviously, between uh, those parks and Walt Disney World Resort as well. So let's get started. If you're so obviously, if you haven't done Walt Disney World much, you're probably traveling from at least a fair distance away most likely you'll be flying in, maybe driving in, but most likely you'll be flying in and so we're going to talk a little bit about that and M- michelle's going to lead us off with talking about getting to uh walt disney world resort
1: all right thanks so uh first off in terms of airport you might remember last week we talked about the variations of airports you could consider coming into uh california for walt disney world the Orlando International Airport, or MCO, mm-hmm. for McCoy. Um, <laughs> the real McCoy. The real McCoy. It's the real McCoy. Little McCoy. trivia there from old time Orlando. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's the you know the main airport to go to for Disney World. There are other airports that if you were going to go to other places in Florida, that you could fly into, and then drive to. But the main one, if you're just going into uh, Walt Disney World, you would go into Orlando International Airport. The really amazing thing that they added on several years ago is what's called Disney's Magical Express. And so if you are staying on property, then you can take a free transport from the airport to your resort hotel, which is an amazing thing. I mean, they even send you luggage tags so you don't have to go to the carousel to pick up your luggage. They handle all of that and bring that to your to your resort as well. So it really starts your vacation off smoothly, quickly, um, gets you into that right away. Now, some people might want to get a rental car, especially if you're planning to do other things in or around the Orlando area. So, uh, I mean, there are pros to that. You can get to wherever you want on your own schedule that way. Even, you know, if you're staying on property and you want to use your own transportation to get to some of the parks or to other uh, resorts for, for meals, etc., you have a lot more flexibility in that regards. Um, and you can go to other places in Orlando, whether you want to go to outlet stores or to another um Vacation destination mm-hmm. in Orlando. I don't think we have any problems with people at Universal. No,
0: Universal, SeaWorld, it's, yeah, whatever you want to go to. There's there are other theme parks in uh, in Orlando that uh, people enjoy, and right. they're really great to explore. And you know, obviously, we are uh, a little more towards Walt Disney World. But we can understand wanting to visit. If you're going to take this trip out there, wanting to visit some of these other parks.
1: Sure, sure. So um, some of the the things that are you know not as positive about that is you now will be paying for parking when you're at the Disney Resort. So they no longer have free parking there for for people staying there. So you would have to pay to park. Um, so it's it's something that you'd have to consider when you're. Deciding your uh, your travel plans, mm-hmm. so
0: yeah, uh, definitely have to weigh that all into the situation. Again, uh, Disney Magical Express completely free comes along with your Walt Disney World Resort stay. Uh, rental car it'll cost you a little more, but you know you have a little more freedom. You right. can move around a little bit. There also is transportation within the resort. We'll get into a little bit more that might also uh, kind of guide you through it. Uh, I'm going to go into where you stay when you're. Visiting Orlando and visiting the Walt Disney World Resort, and uh, actually this could be a completely different, and actually it will be a completely different topic where we'll go into depth about all the different uh, types of hotel resorts uh, that are within the Walt Disney World Resort area because there are there are 25 of them at this point right now, and there, there are more coming. Right. So that's you have lots of different choices, and we're going to go more in depth. That. Another point: right now we're just going to kind of touch on this to kind of go through the situation. So. Um, Oh, and also, by the way, you also have off-site locations, too, that aren't necessarily within the Walt Disney World Resort, but other places that you can stay nearby. And you might want to weigh that into the equation as well on where you want to stay.
1: And they also have the uh, Disney-friendly hotels that they're, you know— The good neighbor hotels, just just like
0: they have at Disneyland, yeah. correct. Um, But so really when you're deciding where you want to stay, it really depends on your budget. And that concludes whether you go off-site or go on-site. You save money. If you're on-site, you save money and time using their free transportation. I was just talking about that. The the Disney Magical Express we just mentioned. Uh, When you're in the parks, getting to and from the different parks or different areas of the resort, they have the monorail. There are regular buses that go from every single resort uh, to all the different parks, different locations around, uh, and soon there will be the Skyliner, Yay! which is uh, you know kind of a, uh, if you don't know what that is, it's kind of the buckets that take you up and above and, right. and carry you uh, you to different areas, and it's going to be a new uh, way to get throughout the parks. There's also minivans, which is a branch of Lyft, and of course Uber goes there too, so you can use that if you want to, or, or you know, rental car. But the benefit of staying on Resort is, is those, that free transportation to get you around. Right.
1: In a little while, we'll talk a little bit about how that works. But it is one of the benefits that comes with staying on property.
0: The other another benefit that comes with staying on property, as long as you get your tickets ahead of time, uh, you can book fast pass plus selections sixty days out. If you if you're staying off site, you only get 30 days for that. So that might take put that into equation too of where you want to decide to stay because if you want to try and get some of the more popular attractions on fast passes, say like Slinky Dog Dash or Avatar Flight of Passage or some of these, uh, trying to get those within the 30 day window can be a little bit difficult at times.
1: Right. And how those fast pass are a little, our reservations are different than Disneyland Resort is, at Disneyland Resort you don't even book a fast pass until you've actually gone through uh, the front gates or turnstile. Mm -hmm. Um, Here, as Tom mentioned, if you're staying on property and you have your tickets linked to your reservation, you can start booking three per day, and it has to be for, in the... For a single park. For a single park. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting. Can I talk a little bit about magic bands here? Yeah, let's talk about magic bands. So another benefit of staying on property is you get a free magic band. That's a waterproof wristband, and it serves as your room key. Um, but it's also, you can it links up with your passes and your fast passes. So that's how you activate the fast pass when, once you're in the park, or activate that you have a reserve, reserve fast pass. Um, and and since it's linked to your hotel, you can also use it for purchases. You do use a pin, so it does have that, um, you know, safety valve on it, and it doesn't store your information on there. It mm-hmm. just stores that you have the resort reservation. So your credit card information is not stored on the Magic Band. And the fun things about that is you can select colors. They, you know, they have multiple colors that you can choose from, or you can bling it up. You can bling it up yourself, or you can buy little things to bling it up. So, fast passes are—I mean, excuse me—magic bands are a really wonderful benefit uh, for staying on property.
0: Yeah, and you get those. Those are complimentary with your stay. There, at least the the few select pretty generic ones that are various different colors and then right. you can like you said you can bling it up and do anything you want you can also purchase uh, some when you're at the either online the Disney online or at the Walt Disney World Resort and you can attach those to your account as well if you want right. some they have some really cool ones I saw a Goofy movie one this yeah, last week news, that looked really yes. cool I was like oh, I never thought I'd buy a magic band but that <laughs> one looks pretty cool uh, So, but right. you don't have to pay for it if you don't want to you get these free and you can get them in different colors each different trip you can get a different color and, Right. and you know, every
1: but, person in your party that's staying Mm -hmm. gets gets one because again it does serve as your your key to get into the room um and and they last they last a long time so if you travel multiple times you can start you know building up your collection of different colors so you can right. make sure that you match your outfit. It's a lot, of,
0: yes, <laughs> because we have to do that. Uh, it's also a lot easier when you get to the parks, you know, that you don't have to carry around a ticket and right. some sort of credit card right. and your room key, and it's all, all right there. there in that one little thing. And they also started recently adding to where your phone at some many of the resorts uh, will work as your room key as sure. well. So uh, new stuff, interesting. Let's get into uh, the various different types of Walt Disney World resorts resort, uh, hotels. Uh, Michelle's got a list of just in kind of general touch base on them. Right.
1: Right, And they break it down by costs. So they have the categories, they have, uh, what they call the value resort hotels. So those are the ones that are, um, the lesser-priced-cost ones, and they have fewer amenities to them, you know. So um, they they start around, like, $110 a night, and, you know, I mean, all of their resorts will have, you know, if, if nothing else, at least a food court, things like that but in terms of having room service and things uh, it starts to get more minimal when you go on the value resorts um, then they have the moderate resort hotels so those are a little bit more convenient you have a little bit maybe more space um, and then there's the deluxe resort hotels those are a lot more um, nicer hotel rooms you know very beautiful usually brand entryways and things like that. They're usually at
0: prime locations within the resort where it's easy to get to the uh, parks and such or transportation.
1: Right. And then they have what they call the deluxe deluxe villas. And these are, you know, one to three bedroom uh, suites that actually have like full kitchens and they'll have, you know, um, washer and dryer in your room and things like that. And so you can really develop what type of um, vacation you want based on your budget but you for all of them the things that we talked about that come with staying on site are available so they do provide you that transportation throughout the resort areas and you will be able to get food. It's just again you know we all know what the difference is between a budget resort and a more luxurious resort. And so they have more of those layers at Walt Disney World.
0: But I will say we recently just, when we talked about this back in January, when we came off of our vacation, we talked about our vacation episode uh, for the first time in a long time. We, we were just going to uh, the Walt Disney World resort for one night and we did stay at one of the value resorts. Right. We did one of the remodeled rooms over at all-star movies uh, and uh, we were really impressed by yes. it. It was really well done. The new remodel rooms are really great. Uh, the access to, Food was really easy there, even late at night uh, and early in the morning, and uh, transportation. I mean, yes, it's a little off the beaten path. It takes a little transportation a little bit longer, but we really had no problems with that either. Absolutely. So,
1: um, There was one other I forgot to talk about. Oh, yeah, go ahead. The campgrounds. You can go camping. Yes, you can camp. At uh, Walt Disney World, that Fort Wilderness, in fact, and you can do, whether you want to bring in your own uh, trailer there, Mm. they have hookups and... All the amenities to that. Or you can even go tent camping. Mm-hmm. I have actually done pop tent camping nice. at the... Campgrounds.
0: It's actually a really nice campground it area. Uh, the, the, the the areas that they have uh, to go camping at, whether it be with a, an RV or some sort of trailer or whether you actually are on the grounds, uh, they're really good. And they have transportation within the campgrounds, and it's really easy to get to the park transportation from where they are as well. And they also have the cabins there, which we happen to be spending some time with our family in uh, June, which we like the cabins there, which are really nice as well. But it, it's, right. it's a great location. That's glamping, but yes. Yes, it is. It's really <laughs> glamping it's not is not camping at all but uh actually fort wilderness is another uh that's a whole episode for us to just yes. talk about fort wilderness at some point Absolutely. because it's one of our favorite places even though we're dvc members and we don't use our dvc points there we like to stay there often because it's one of our favorite spots in the whole resort yes uh but i digress uh let's move on let's get to the parks and uh talk about what you'll experience there if you're no disneyland of course you have the two parks you have uh Disneyland Park and you have Disney's California Adventure Park, and they're right next to each other. And you can, if you have a park hopper ticket, you can go back and forth all you want. Everything is right there for you. Well, Walt Disney World Resort, as we talked about earlier, things are a little different. Um, they have uh, let, let's talk about a few of the difference at the Walt Disney World Resort. And I've been corrected by this, but last week, Amy, I see you out there. Um, I mentioned last week that everything at Walt Disney World has a fast pass. Uh, no, not really. Uh, but most things <laughs> at the Walt Disney World Resort do have a fast pass option. Uh, much different than what you see at uh, Disneyland Resort when there's only some of the more popular ones. and Even some of the more popular ones don't necessarily have Fast Pass options at Disneyland Resort. Walt Disney World is completely different. That's why we were talking about Fast Passes earlier, and booking those Fast Passes ahead of time can help you so much. Now, here's the layout. There's four theme parks at the Walt Disney World Resort. You have Magic Kingdom, which if you think of Disneyland Park, fairly similar, different, but fairly similar Epcot, which kind of combines uh, this kind of futuristic area parts that goes on the land, the sea, uh, some of the future areas of it. And there's also another area that's called world showcase that goes through various different countries. And you can experience a little touch of all those countries with an attraction attached to each one that kind of speaks to that, uh, that area of the world, except for some people will say, well, frozen, really Norway, but you know, it's kind (laughs) of like that. So, but, but anyway, uh, um, uh, you also move on to Disney's Hollywood Studios, which parts of that will kind of remind you of Disney California Adventure Park, but it's kind of more of an adventurous park, a more interesting uh, park if you like thrill rides, I think, I would I would say. Yeah, I, w- I would call more. them maybe uh-huh. a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more of the IP that you see at uh, Disney Parks is kind of right. located within Disney's Hollywood Studio. And then there's Disney's Animal Kingdom Park, which has, it, it's sort of if you know, Uh, San Diego, the the safari park. It's kind of a cross between a theme park and a safari park, you know. So there's animals out roaming around. You can go see these real animals. There's animal experiences all around it. Uh, But there's also attractions around there that are based on animals and not real animals right? Pandora. Right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Dinosaurs. But yeah.
1: (laughs) They were real. They They just don't around anymore.
0: (laughs) But basically, so all these parks kind of give you a different experience and, you know, and and they're all different in many ways. So you kind of want to, you know, depending on what your favorite thing to do is, you kind of want to have a taste of them all. right? So, um, but Michelle has some more interest uh, information on the parks as well.
1: Well, considering that, a couple things. Um, So when you're talking about the different parks, and one of the things we addressed last week was the issue of, park hopper versus single park tickets Mm -hmm. or passes. And, you know, we said at at Disneyland, since it's so easy to go back and forth multiple times throughout the day, then having a a park hopper pass really kind of helps with that. But at Walt Disney World, everything is spread out pretty far. So having that park hopper, if you're looking to save some money – that might be something that you might want to consider just having a single-day park and really just immersing yourself in a different park each day. Um, and so we're, since we're talking about that spreading out, I think transportation differences is something that, you know, you can really notice coming from Disneyland to Walt Disney World. So we talked about the different forms, whether it's uh, monorail or buses and and soon-to-come um, Skyliner. Skyliner, things like that. All great things. Um, not every hotel has all of those. so But, you know, the main difference is the amount of time that you have to allocate to get from, from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you have a dining reservation at either a different park or at the hotel that you're currently at, you may need to really factor in an hour to get there. You know, and that's because, for example, let's say you're um, leaving your resort and you go to the, to the front, you wait for a bus. And, and they, they are on a routine schedule. They have more buses, you know, earlier in the day and later at night, you know, to transport bulk of people. But in general, they're going about every 15 to 20 minutes. And then the ride itself, because, again, you're traveling on this vast area of Walt Disney World. That ride itself could take fifteen minutes. And then once you're dropped off, you need to go through security. Mm-hmm. So um, and then through the front gates and to the location of your reservation. So adding those, you know, 10, 15 minute chunks here and there could add up to an up to an hour. So it's always best to plan that travel time. You might luck out, you might get right to the front of the hotel and there's the bus you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and That's always up. a huzzah, know, all right, when is, that happens. Yeah. it is. You know, so, but in order, you know, it's, again, something to set your expectations at that are different so that you aren't disappointed when you're like, oh my God, I didn't think it was going to take that long and now I'm late for my dining reservation and it's going to, mm-hmm. you know, possibly cause some some challenges to, to accommodate your, your uh, party. Although, uh, give them credit, the cast members of Walt Disney World really do want to make things right for you. But if you thought something was going to take 10, 15 minutes and it takes an hour, you might have a little bit of struggle. Um, with, you know, meeting your expectations for that.
0: Right, exactly. That's that's very true and a very good point to, to put out there. Uh, also out there, there's, uh, there's all sorts of other things to do besides the parks. Now, you, of course, you go there, you're probably going to want to go to the parks, but there are other things to do as well. Um, they do have two water parks there. So, you know, you can get hot and humid and <laughs> everything in uh, many of the months outside of maybe a couple months in uh, in Florida, in Orlando. So, But they do have a couple water parks you could visit, Disney's Blizzard Beach, In Disney's Typhoon Lagoon. There's also lots of other things. Even the resorts themselves are just. Fun to explore because they're all different, they're all unique, and they all have uh, all sorts of interesting theming. Michelle has a little talk about the uh, resorts that you can experience,
1: right? Like that. And that that plays into when you're planning your trip as well is what kind of things do you like? I mean, obviously we talked about budget being one of them, um, or you just may want to experience some of the activities at some of these other resorts because they do have you know different restaurants, etc. that you can participate in. So like you know, and and obviously there names kind of give it away as to what the theming is but they do an amazing job and we see that at Disneyland Resort Hotels as well. They do a really great job at theming. Here you just kind of get a little bit more eccentric I guess on some Mm. of these themings that makes it so fun. Like there's Wilderness Lodge which is you know themed on kind of like replicating Yosemite Park and so I don't want to give away secrets there that but even if you're just able to Go there and go into the the lodge, the main entryway of that. Um, It's just spectacular to spend some time in there. Um, They also actually do tours, um, free tours several days of the week for that lodge that are, you know, because it is so impressive Mm -hmm. how they did the theming and and the respect that they had when doing the theming. Then they have the Polynesian Resort Hotel, which obviously it's as it sounds, it's all Polynesian themed and they actually do have even a luau Mm -hmm. um, most nights. Then there's Animal Kingdom Lodge. And with that lodge, you can have a room that overlooks, Um, an area where they bring animals throughout the day. And so you could be sitting on your balcony and start seeing giraffes and coming right by your resort. Yeah, it's really
0: cool. We've done that, and then we're doing that in this next trip again. So that is is one of the coolest things for sure.
1: Right. And Boardwalk. Obviously, it's got a boardwalk area and and fun arcade-type games to play. And all these places, as I mentioned, have great restaurants and fun activities that you could participate even if you're not staying on property yeah you
0: can just go check out you can take a bus and check out in you know, one of the free transportation buses around the resort and go and just uh, resort hop and have a cool experience just checking them all right. out because they're all amazing and they're all different
1: right and again with the transportation the transportation is set up to take you from to and from a resort and a park so if you want to go to a different resort the way you would do that, one way that you would do that would be to take uh, transportation to one of the parks and then take a different transportation back to another resort hotel. Um, Or, as Tom mentioned, there's you know, um, minivans, which is associated mm-hmm. with Lyft. There's Uber. So there are other ways to do it that you can, may be more efficient. Some time. of these
0: bigger ones are also on the monorail system. So, right. like, you know, if you want to hit up the Contemporary, the Polynesian, uh, the Grand Floridian, Grand Floridian uh, that's all on the monorail system. Um, you can also, there's boat system that will take you to the Wilderness Lodge as well as to uh, the Fort Wilderness right. and right. some other locations. So there are other ways to get around uh, from some of these locations. But, yes, you will have to. If you want to go explore and don't have a car, you will have to find ways to get. They don't have buses that just go from resort to resort, usually.
1: Yeah, because, again, they're trying to make it efficient for you to get from your hotel to the parks. Right. You know, and some of the other things that they have there, like in the evenings, um, many of the resorts now have the movies under the stars. Mm -hmm. And you can... So if you're staying at one of those resorts, you can go to that one or you can go to another one. Um, that started at the campgrounds, which was fun that they mm-hmm. really expanded that. And that one has, uh, you know, they do the, the s'mores, mm-hmm. you know, the campfire program, et cetera. Yeah, so A lot of fun. Yeah, so the, you know, just having an opportunity... Um, to explore some of the different resorts is also fun. And that's another way that you could spend a day without even going into the park, Without
0: spending that extra money on a ticket. Right. Maybe a day to kind of decompress. You've done park, park, park. Maybe you want a day to, like, I don't want to walk for 40,000 <laughs> steps in the park today. I mean, just kind of check out the resorts. You know?
1: Right. You know. And then, you know, as you mentioned, they have um, other types of experiences like they have four golf courses there, you know, and they have miniature golf as well with Fantasia Gardens. And so, you know, sometimes people think, oh, you know, the family doesn't want to go to Disney World because maybe not everybody is as enthusiastic as go- of going to a Disney park as other ones are. And just to keep in mind that there are so many other experiences yeah. That are available to you that could you know hit on different people's you know level of desire. There's great spas and a lot mm-hmm. of the resorts. Exactly, as well. I was about
0: to say that. Yeah, you don't have to. You could be there and not necessarily be a fan of the parks right. and not really want to go into the parks at all and still have a wonderful vacation just in Walt Disney World and just in these luxury resorts that they have around.
1: Right, and they also have um, Disney Springs, which you know was originally Downtown Disney, and it really expanded, like you said, Disney Springs on steroids you know mm-hmm. it it has a lot of great restaurants from some celebrity chefs um like morimoto art smith jose andres so and and, and others too as many well. many others many actually a lots
0: of great restaurants
1: there. right so a lot of great restaurants great shopping and throughout the year they have different uh, seasonal disney events so that's a, also another great area that you could go to um and speaking of restaurants and and the such. Another great difference, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. (laughs) between the two parks or planning for the two parks is that you actually get to do dining reservations 180 days in advance. Mm -hmm. And so that's really a nice convenience that you can, you know, if you've planned your trip in, in advance and booked things like your resort hotel, then you know, six months out, I can start reserving our dining reservations. And it's so easy to do either on the app or on their website. And it's really important for some of those Mm -hmm. very um, sought out places like um, Be Our Our Guest, Guest or Cinderella's Castle. I mean, there's a lot of, not everyone has as much you know, difficulty to get in there, and a lot of it would depend on your party size. We're traveling with seven Seven. people. Yes, Yes, and so we know that uh, sometimes that makes it, you know, also a little bit more consideration for getting those reservations early on. So that's another great benefit that is afforded to you. You don't have to be staying on property to get that 180-day advance reservation. You can change them. Mm-hmm. Throughout, You know, even up until, you know, last minute, you can be making adjustments and changes. So they some of them do have cancellation, minimum time frames, usually for most hotels, it's 24 hours, some of the shows, you know, or dinner parties, it's, it's maybe a couple of days. So when you're making those reservations, be conscientious of that so you don't have any extra charges.
0: Exactly. But, yeah, definitely. There's some, like, be our guest uh, that uh, Cinderella's Table, like you mentioned, that you are going to want to jump on immediately when your six-month window comes up. Because those go away pretty quickly. So you want to jump on that. Um, I just want to touch also on tickets really quickly. Michelle mentioned a little bit about tickets (laughs) earlier. uh, But I want to talk just a little bit about if you're going out there and what ticket is right for you. There's several different options out there. You can do. Uh, they have some specials going on right now that I think are just about to wrap up. But it's a one-day, uh, one park ticket where you go and you can only go in one time. So if you if you're going from uh, just the whole time you're there, you just go 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 at one park, then that ticket might be for you. That's not a bad price. Uh, regularly, they have just the one park ticket one day ticket uh which starts it's the base number that's mostly you're going to find and they do have variable prices by date now just so you know that this is kind of changing uh based on how busy they think the parks are going to be so a a week that they think is going to be busier might be a little higher price than a week that they think is going to be slower so just keep that in mind but uh for like for what would be a typical one-day, one-park ticket right now, Uh, it starts at $109 for that. Now, if you decide you're going to go for more than one day, which if you're going all the way to Walt Disney World, you're probably going to go for more than one day. (laughs) We would suggest going for at least a week. (laughs) Five days, maybe, you can kind of get buy-in, but a week would really be beneficial, and you have more time, that's great. But uh, the difference, the prices change very much if you do this uh, by buying the package of days you go by. So if you were to buy instead say a 5-day one one park ticket. So each of the 5 days uh-huh. you can use one ticket for entry into one single park and that would be that would drop your price down to $83 per day starting out. Uh, again, these prices uh-huh. are variable, but that's your starting price. If you're going for a week and you go for 7 days of one park tickets, that drops your price down to $61 per day. Uh, again, to start. If you're going for 10 days, if you have the luckiness to be able to go and do a 10 days worth of tickets and parks there... Uh, that drops your price all the way down to $47 per day. So uh, you can get a little bit benefit by buying many tickets. They want you to stay around. They want you to stay in the right. resort. They want you coming to the parks as much as possible. They give you a benefit of that. Uh, other options out there, now those are for single parks. There's park hopper tickets, which uh, will allow you, like we were talking about, is like say if you want to have a little bit of Magic Kingdom and a little bit of Epcot or whatever, or if you, even if you just want to have dinner in Epcot or, or whatever the case may be, if you want to do a visit a couple parks in the A day uh, that will jump it up a little bit more. Um, If you want to go to the water parks, uh, that also is a different option. uh, That will you can you can buy single tickets just for the water parks any day you want separately. uh, But they also have passes uh, tickets that will allow you to go to the water parks. If you just say like "Ah, it's hot today, I don't want to go to the parks. Let's just go to the water park. That ticket will allow you to do that. Uh, There's also annual passes now. Those of you who know Disneyland Resort. Annual passes are what drive Disneyland Resort. Mm-hmm. That's why the price of annual passes are very, very expensive because of the fact that so many people have them and they want you to, uh, they, they need to kind of curb that a little bit, especially with Galaxy's Edge opening up here in, gosh, what is it like six weeks now? Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> so close. Um, so they're trying to kind of curb the crowds down a little bit and the prices have gotten really, really high.
1: Right, and, and like what you've said to me is that it's higher because at in um, Disneyland Resort they are expecting you to go many times mm-hmm. throughout the year, and so they, you know, it is to help offset the cost of running that park. So right. you know, unlike you know, in the past maybe they thought you might just go in for a couple hours. Now people are really going and really enjoying a lot of the park.
0: Yes, yeah, so as we've talked about in the past, uh, Disneyland Resort has millions millions of people within a two hour (laughs) drive of getting to this park uh so annual passes is easy because like even just yesterday we went out to disneyland and we just did a quick day we popped in in the morning we just decided in the morning we're gonna go uh it was about an hour and a half drive up there popped in you know we did about six seven hours there you Mm. know you know did a few attractions ate some food from the food and wine festival had a glass of wine checked out did some people watching um bought a few things and then bailed out you know like in the afternoon That's what you can do when you have an annual pass and you live within a quick distance from it. Going to Walt Disney World, completely different. I mean, yes, Orlando is a fairly large city, but it doesn't compare to anything in Southern California as far as – it's just much smaller. So the, there's fewer people that are just have annual passes out there. But the benefit of that is that if you decide you want to do an annual pass, the prices as compared to Disneyland Resort are much, much lower. They do have blackout dates for certain passes. They do have certain park restrictions. Uh, like the, some of them don't have the water parks added into them or, or whatever the case may be. But the prices are much more in the realm. So if you are going for something around two weeks for whatever reason, or if you think you might visit twice in a year or right. whatever, it's really worth considering looking at an annual pass because the price will can offset. Plus you get discounts on uh, the food, food, much of the merchandise, uh, various different ways you can find discounts. So it is worth taking a look at to see if – uh, instead of paying for this much amount of tickets, is a, an annual pass a better option for you?
1: Right. It, it is more reasonable to look at something like that than what you would look at for an annual pass at Disneyland Resort mm-hmm. right now. Right.
0: Uh, if you're going to Disneyland and you're just going for three, four days, which is plenty for Disneyland Resort, uh, you don't need to get an annual pass for that <laughs> tickets will do you just fine especially with the prices of annual passes however if you're staying for a little longer or taking two trips to Walt Disney World Resort uh, you really should just at least take a look at it and weigh the numbers uh, look at the money the monetary value right. and re- remember to throw in even if it's just a few dollars difference throw in the discounts that you get with dining as well into that situation just so you kind of have an idea of what you're looking into and we're happy to answer any questions on those as well if you're if you're looking for them
1: right absolutely and as we mentioned early on in the podcast, you know, we do plan to do an episode just on how to plan a Disney vacation and a Disney trip. So, um, But we hopefully are giving you some ideas if you've only experienced Disneyland or Disneyland Paris or right. something like that, that you can, you know... Kind of understand that there are some differences to take into consideration again, just to make it a much more right. enjoyable vacation for you to know those differences up front. Some of the differences are great, and that, well, I guess a lot of the differences are all great. It's just, again, setting your expectations so that you're ready and can enjoy it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, and it, even if you've never been to a Disney park before, I think this is some information that you may need to kind of get you on. And again, we're just scratching the surface. Yes. I mean, really, there's so much to touch on at the Walt Disney World Resort. We'll get into much more of that on a different episode, but we just kind of wanted to give you kind of the just the, the feel out of uh, of what it's like to go, especially when you're a Disneyland fan, because it is so different, and it can be uh, uh, overwhelming completely for you if you're not ready for it.
1: Right, but there are so many wonderful things. Oh, I mean, it's great. You know, uh, And so, like you're saying, different. I mean, just going into Epcot and walking around World Showcase and really getting to try foods from other lands, you know, they hire... They hire people who are actually from those countries, Mm -hmm. you know, so they can really share with you a lot of what their homeland is like. They're great in talking with them and getting some of their experiences from their countries, you know, the different types of food. Just, it's a a great way to learn things, Mm -hmm. so... Um, Same with animal. That's you, just one example. Animal of Animal Kingdom, one
0: park. Uh, Disney Animal Kingdom Park. If you're really into animals, and you know, they they really do a really great job of showcasing the animals there that they have, uh, you get to uh, learn about them there as well. It's great for young ones that love animals. There's lots of different experiences there to learn more about the animals and find out about their habitats and everything. And all uh, it's it's a, it's a great park for in that regard. And then if you just want the full Disney magic, then Magic Kingdom. You know, it's is 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 a great place, you know, just, it's it's Disney, it just exactly. shouts Disney to you and the studios has all the you know, has the rock and roller coaster featuring Aerosmith <laughs> that has that By the way, the Tower of Terror, if you were a Tower of Terror fan and you were sad that it went away from uh, Disneyland Resort, from Disney California Adventure Park, well, it still is the original Tower of Terror at Disney Hollywood Studios. Right. And uh, they're just all so much cool stuff to go. And uh, we really recommend at some point in your life, if you're a Disney fan, you you just know Disneyland or whatever the case, make the pilgrimage, uh, go out to Walt Disney World Resort. And we're always happy to answer any questions if you are making that pilgrimage.
1: Absolutely.
0: And we'll have all sorts of ways, of course, like we had it at the front of the show, we'll have it at the back of the show, how you can contact us if you have any other questions. Now, we did something also different this week that we haven't done much of before. And, well, yes, we've screened plenty of movies before. (laughs) We've talked about them many times on this show. We've talked many, many movies that we've reviewed. But we, you know, for whatever reason, the Disney nature films... Um, they just never landed with right. us. We really have not gone too much, and it really was you know, why? Why didn't we? You know, we we've talked about this a couple of times. You know, we we've heard they're really good. And they're really enjoyable, and the I people know. do a great job on them. We love Disney. Uh, yeah, um, we love animals, and we love documentaries. We watch a lot of documentaries, and we so we both agree we should. And we just so happened to be able to go to a screening recently of Disney Nature's newest film, and that is. Penguins. Uh, We're so glad we finally got to go see one because this movie did not disappoint.
1: Absolutely did not disappoint. It was really fun you know and like you said i after being there it's like right why didn't we do this but this was a, a really fun enjoyable movie uh and yet we learned a lot too yeah. oh, you time. know our, our good friend um jenny at disney dna i know she's big into edutainment and <laughs> this is an this entertainment is film. this is it yeah. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's great. This Obviously, this is our review of uh, Disney Nature Penguins, by the way, which comes out uh, this coming week uh, on Earth Day on the 17th, I believe, is when it's coming out. Um, so here's the setup of Disney Nature's Penguins, okay? It, uh, the, this film uh, takes us to Antarctica, and we're going to follow the story of an Adelaide penguin uh, who is affectionately named Steve. <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't you? Right. Name Steve. Uh, so anyway, we travel along with him as he... Kind of comes of age. He's very young penguin. He comes of age. He, you know, forms a family, you know, but he's struggling against Antarctica. I mean, Antarctica. Think about Antarctica, what you know of Antarctica. Even in the summer, it's pretty darn cold there. Right. He's also dealing with things like 150-mile-an-hour winds. And, oh, yeah, there's, like, Orca killer whales. There's uh these seals, the seals. yeah, Woo-hoo. that are really scary, actually, which is funny. You don't think of seals as really scary, but leopard seals uh look really scary in this, and, and right. you know, so he's doing all this stuff, and it's you know, it it's a tough life to get through, but uh, it was interesting to watch.
1: It was interesting to watch, but it's not sit- sitting there giving you just fact after fact no. after fact, you're seeing it happen in a very Um, fun way, I should say.
0: Yeah, it really, and we'll talk about that. Uh, So let's just talk about the the film crew that did this a little bit. Amazing. Yeah. uh, They shot this over three years, almost 900 camera days uh, within Antarctica itself. They battled uh, uh, temperatures that dropped below 40 degrees a lot of times, winds that we just talked about, uh, more than 150 miles an hour. Uh, That's insane, but they've caught some wonderful wonderful footage of it. you see the grandeur and the expanse of Antarctica you see the beauty of it you see some of the scariness and uh, how difficult it can be there and how harsh it is. Uh, But at the same time you scale this bigness, this immenseness of Antarctica, you get these really intimate looks at the lives of these penguins and uh, some of the other creatures that are in Antarctica. They really did a wonderful job of capturing it.
1: And, you know, when watching it it's like, oh my gosh, how did they do all that? And so what's really nice is at the end of the film, during the credits, you get to see some footage of actually how they did some of this and then you even appreciate it more <laughs> what they went through yeah
0: they almost have outtakes you know like you've seen the outtakes in the credits before <laughs> they have outtakes from the, in the, in the, in the, you, you want to stay through the credits because it's amazing to see what they did and how they filmed how they, it and yes, some, of the, got, some of the funny outtakes right
1: great. and how they captured some mm-hmm. of the amazing footage yeah
0: uh, so the narrator, this film was narrated by Ed Helms. Who you may know from The Office, The Hangover movies. Uh, I was a little, when we first heard, that like Ed Helms, really? You know, know. we're like, uh, we you know we saw March of the Penguins, and that's you know that's Morgan Freeman. I mean, you know what that, yes. I mean he was he was God in a movie. You know, I mean he's the voice of God. You know, um, so you know it's a little interesting to hear. Uh, Ed Helms, I'm like, you know, I don't know, Ed Helms, you know, but, oh, he was so good. He made this movie. He He really made, I mean, obviously the cinematography was what really made this movie, but what really drew you into the, the voiceless characters, I mean, obviously they have penguin voices and whatever, they do make noises, but you know, not, you know, what you can understand. So what drew you into Steve and the other penguins was Ed Helms portraying these penguins
1: yes he was he was impressive i mean i know um whether it be script and you pointed out it it would make sense that some of this may have been ad-libbed but it's just kind of like if you any of us if you're watching a movie and you're you know maybe you have the the sound off and you make up the dialogue of what's going on or description of what's going on and that's what he did with penguins and it was phenomenal. It was. He, perfect. he, it was. he it was did so he good. did a great job. I was like, yes, he was the person for this.
0: Yeah, I mean that those were the perfect parts. Obviously, he did also describe at the same time he would do these little things um, and I I do think a lot of it was off the cuff that he was just watching the <laughs> film and saying oh do, 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 you know kind of that kind of stuff um but he would also still be able to break down the you know the the, the more tender moments the more harrowing moments descriptions of penguin life and arctic life um, and did it really really successfully
1: absolutely and like i said i mean he just made it fun mm-hmm. it was I know I'm repeating myself and not really giving a lot of depth to it, but I also don't want to give things away. Right, right. Spoiler
0: (laughs) free. Let's talk about Steve the Penguin. Oh, my God. I so love Steve the Penguin. Horrible. mostly, Mostly because of Ed Helms' narration of him. But... He was so darn cute. Uh, it was adorable. And, you know, the thing about Steve the Penguin is that, you know, he goes through this. Uh, he struggles to find the right mate. He's building a home. He's raising a family. He's hoping the tools that he's provided his family lead them to a better place in their life so they can succeed out in the world. I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, my God. Steve is all of us. Yes. We all do that. We all that's our lives. That's what we have to go through. Steve is a penguin, but he is us.
1: It is funny seeing how the penguins interact with each other mm-hmm. and things and of course, you know, with the narration giving it some personality right. and and things like that, but wow, I would not have guessed some of the things that penguins do. Let's just leave it at that. Yes to with each other. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's, no, it's kind of it Interesting.
0: Interesting. Penguins are interesting. Yes. Interesting creatures. Uh, for sure. So interesting. Uh, anyway, you know, bottom line with this film, it's beautifully shot. It's. Immense, glorious, breathtaking, and yet very intimate at the same time. It's funny. It's harrowing at times. Um, it's not that long a film. It's like an hour and 16 minutes, I think, is what it is. Mm-hmm. So uh, kids will love this film. There's stuff for adults in it. Uh, it's a great family movie. Like I said, you can take the kids and they don't, The you know, it won't be like one of those things where they have to sit through two hours of a film. Uh, you can go through it and just have a good time and get through it. I gave it uh, three and three quarters out of four stars, uh, Michelle. I would know?
1: agree with that, yes. And, you know, like you said, it is a, a film for any age. Um, We were viewing it with kids there of different ages, and everybody seemed to be able to really enjoy it. So, um, you know, that... You can take that doubt out of your mind because right. it really does hit a lot of different levels.
0: One more note on this film. Uh, if you're going to go see this in the first week of its release, that's from the 17th of April to the 23rd of April, uh, Disney Nature is going to donate 20 cents out of each ticket sold uh, for uh, to the Wildlife Conservation Network uh, through the Disney Conservation Fund. Uh, they guaranteed a minimum donation of $100,000. That's to support penguin conservation. So nice. if you're going to go out and see this, this film uh there are some benefits out there that they're going to be helping these creatures and just wildlife in general so just another side note to make you happy about uh, going and seeing this film
1: celebrate earth day and
0: celebrate earth day and watch some fun little penguins run around yeah story of steve who is all of us (laughs) steve is great (laughs) love steve love steve so much Uh, Let's get to the Disney stories of the week. Uh, This week was incredible, full of Disney story, incredibly full of Disney stories because uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not gonna be able to touch on because this was such a jam-packed week. One because we had uh, the reveal of Disney Plus on Thursday, and then Thursday also kicked off Star Wars Celebration. Lots of news coming out from both of those things. We'll start with uh, Disney Plus since that was the first thing that happened this week. It was on Thursday, April 11th. Disney showcased its new streaming service for investors. Wow. Holy cow. This meeting, I, I I was watching it and expecting it to be like an hour and a half or something. There was even an intermission. I joked with Rob LeBerry, our friend, and also hosted the uh, Jedi Temple Archives podcast. Like, oh, yeah, sure, you can get an intermission in this, but we can't get an intermission in Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but really, they needed one because this thing was so long and so in-depth. I mean, there was so much to this investor meeting. But um, really cool, interesting news that came out of it. Um, we already knew that this would include content from, of course, Disney, as well as Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, and National Geographic, which is interesting. Um, we also knew it would contain the whole entire Disney film library. They had already announced that. We knew that was happening. Here are some other other details that we found out. Uh, we saw the interface for it, which looked beautiful. Yes. Uh, lo- everything was categorized. You know, there's a button for Pixar. There's a button for Disney. There's a button for Star Wars, Marvel, anything you're looking for. Uh, you can also search the whole thing. It really looks really functional. Uh, Really easy to use and really easy to find what you're searching for.
1: Right. I mean, if you've ever used Disney Now app, you know, it. it I think it took a lot of the great features of that and put it into this format as well.
0: Mm-hmm. It looked really yeah. nice. Uh, I was really impressed with the look of it all and I can't wait to check it out. Uh, so they told us that there are going to be more than 25 original series and 10 original films, documentaries and specials uh, that are going to be coming out. Brand new, just for this service. Here's what we found out from some of the things that are that have been confirmed. A lot of these have been rumors up to this point, but they were confirmed at uh, this meeting for Marvel: The Falcon and the Winter Soldiers coming out, which is going to have their stars. Yes, Anthony Mac- Mackie is the Falcon, and Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier. Cool. A show called WandaVision. Uh, which is kind of an interesting name for it, <laughs> it but that includes, uh, of course, Scarlet Witch, uh, Wanda, and uh, Vision, and that's played by Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, uh, the original stars of the series. They'll be recurring, uh, re- returning to their roles for this. Uh, we also learned that there's going to be a an animated a Marvel film called What If? And what that is is going to be, not film, series, excuse me, uh, that's going to be uh, taking kind of things you know in the Marvel universe and kind of flipping them a little bit. So like, for example, the, the example they gave, which I loved because we've discussed it a little bit on this show a couple times, uh, What If uh, Agent Peggy Carter Became Captain America, sure. You know, and that's happened in the comics. So it's going to be interesting to see. And that—that's just kind of an idea of what they these things might look like. So I thought that was kind of fascinating.
1: It, it was, and it you know gives a lot more opportunity to, you know, like you saying, either tag on to what some of the original uh, mm-hmm. comics were, or just make some dramatic changes and thinking about what if, you know, which we saw Disney do that already with their Once Upon a Time series, where Mm -hmm. they really made changes to um, the backstory of some of these characters that we all know and love. So yeah, they, they're very creative, for very sure. Very creative
0: and very cool, and that's exciting stuff. Uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios, they've told us that they're going to be doing a uh, kind of a making of Frozen 2. It's going to be called Into the Unknown, which they also told us, by the way, that Into the Unknown, Jennifer Lee said this, may happen to be a song title from Frozen Two, which to me says yes, that is a song title from Frozen Two, Into the Unknown, which is interesting. A little another tidbit there, uh, thrown our way. Uh, Pixar is going to have a couple specials, including the one they're going to have a docu series uh, looking back at many of their uh, animation specialists, their artists. Uh, but also, they're they're going to have a special show uh, that's called Forky asks a question. <laughs> Which is you know, Forky is the new character coming into Toy Story Four, uh, and that's got to be interesting. That's got to be fun. Yeah, I mean, looking forward. to yeah, that. he's trying to I guess kind of figure out what life is, you know, <laughs> since he's just been made, you know, like he's basically born yesterday. So, <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, Star Wars fans, um, of course, we already knew that they you know that the Clone Wars saved. Clone Wars is coming back. They were doing the Mandalorian, which we'll get to in just a second here. Uh, they're going to be doing the Cassian Andor series, which doesn't have a title yet, but it is exciting. Oh, uh, we did. Well, we did find out that K2SO was Yay! going to be in that. For they confirmed that, so that, <laughs> that was exciting. Awesome. That happened actually before Star Wars Celebration. That happened at the uh, Disney Plus uh, showcase event for investors. Um, but we also found out, and this was something we talked about uh, several actually months ago, um, that when they're doing this Disney Plus service, they didn't have the rights to. They had the rights still to all the Star Wars films that Disney has created since the Disney bought Lucasfilm. Uh-huh. However, uh, before they decided to do the streaming service, they had given the rights to uh, Turner Broadcasting, so that's TBS, TNT, and so forth, uh, that to have these films to show them on television because they didn't think they were going to need them. They weren't planning the streaming service, you know. So... It was in question on whether they all these films were going to be on Disney Plus at its launch. Well, we found out, uh, if I missed it, maybe there was a story out there that I missed that they had already announced this somewhere. But this was the first I'd heard of it, uh, that um, when, they, when this uh, platform comes out, yes, they will have every Star Wars film on it so yes that's that's exciting so they must have come to a deal with Turner I'm sure it was money 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 (laughs) Uh, but they came to a deal with Turner to get those films or at least have them on their service I don't know what they paid her I don't know if they'll still be on Turner or what the deal is but uh, that was great news and we are excited about that Uh, National Geographic they talked about a couple of shows they're going to be on there Uh, The World According to Jeff Goldblum (laughs) which excites me because Jeff Goldblum (laughs) is just such an interesting person what a character he's a total character Uh, God! just go, go watch Thor Ragnarok, and that yes. just, you know, that just speaks on Jeff Goldblum so much. And you know, I know he's playing a, a character, but it almost seems like that's him in, in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and then also the magic of the animal kingdom, which is, an, you know, it's, it's almost almost like um, what was that show uh, that was back in the seventies? That was um, Wild Kingdom or whatever oh, it was. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. kind I don't know if that's what it's going to be like, but it kind of, you know, makes me think something like that you know, <laughs> when I hear the title. <laughs> Uh, Disney Television Animation this is uh, I'm really excited because you know we're, we're fans of a television show that's not on anymore except for at least they're not making new episodes anymore but we found out of this that they're going to be making a brand new untitled <laughs> Phineas and Ferb movie oh, well, yeah. More Phineas and Ferb is a good <laughs> thing. It. We love Phineas and Ferb, so that's exciting.
1: Yes. If you haven't watched Phineas and Ferb, so you are missing out. And I know from experience that somebody told me that years ago when they were still making the the series, and I was like, oh, they look so weird. Yeah. I just have no It looks desire. like a kid's show. Why right. would they look- that? Oh, my gosh. You will love it.
0: Yeah, we were just talking about Disney nature uh, penguins being for all ages. I think Phineas and Ferb hits yes. all ages in many ways. There's humor for kids. There's humor for adults. There's music in it. that's really great musical numbers if you like musicals. <laughs> you learn uh, things. You learn things. It's really kind of cool show. So if you haven't checked it out, do check it out. Uh, also, we found out uh, that uh, Walt Disney Imagineering will have a documentary series. We kind of heard some rumors of that regard, but they will be doing that, a documentary based on Walt Disney Imagineering. Every episode of The Simpsons is going to be on this. Uh, you had to hear the thing that The Simpsons said to to welcome themselves to Disney. It's pretty hilarious. Here it
1: is. Homer Simpson here, proud addition to the Disney family, and soon appearing on Disney Plus. I, for one, salute our new corporate overlords. Now, family, put on the mouse ears. You only get one chance to make a first impression. I don't wanna, I'm not gonna, you can't make me. Put on the ears, boy. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. March. <laughs> What's <the? laughs> up? This is a great honor. Take it, Maggie. <laughs>
0: So great, <laughs> love it so much, love it so much. Uh, so all told, there are going to be more than uh, 7,500 television episodes on this service, and 500 films, all on Disney Plus. Wow, uh, that's wow, wow. That is so much content. Uh, and we found out the date. It, it's going to be a while yet, unfortunately, but they're launching it on uh, November 12th of this year, 2019. Uh-huh. So look forward to that. But the real big news to this, and we knew that they were going to go. They've said it. Bob Iger said it. They've said it many times. that Look, we're not going to be Netflix, so we're not going to try and do that price that Netflix is doing. Not only are they not doing that price, they're going way Way under that price, right. six ninety nine per month to start out for Disney Plus, and if you go for the whole year, you can purchase the whole year at once for sixty nine ninety nine. That drops it down to five dollars and eighty three cents per month. What a steal yes. for all this content, especially for Disney fans. I mean, it's like I could, I, like, I want to buy two now because that's such a good deal. <laughs> right? You know, it's still buying two at that price is still less than what Netflix costs. Right. Um. Not for their basic package, but for their package that most people buy. Yes. um, $5.83 per month is less than that package. Yeah. Crazy good. And so here's the result of this investor showcase. Uh, The day after, on the Friday after this showcase, on the 12th, Disney stock surged by 11.5% up. Yeah. And Netflix dipped. By four and a half percent, that was a crazy swap. After what they saw from this, that was how good this showcase was. Right. For and investors. actually,
1: Netflix is raising their rates.
0: Yeah, too, right they just announced that right before that. I mean, yeah. it almost makes me wonder if Disney was like, "Oh, you're going to raise your rates?" You know, we were going to talk about doing <laughs> this at about eight ninety nine, nine ninety nine. <laughs> we're going to drop it down even more, you know, just to show you guys. But uh, oh no, that's that's so great and, and great news for everybody. And they also showcased some Hulu and ESPN. Plus and uh, there's another one that's actually a service that uh, is in India that uh, can be done on uh, small brand uh, broadband. So like, you know, if, if you don't have the, the really great Wi-Fi or, you know, uh, so you can you can stream it easier wow. within India to more people. Uh, it's another interesting site. So lots of interesting stuff came out of this uh, entire showcase.
1: Well, and like you said, also confirming a lot of the things that we knew and, um, you know, making it more real very soon that we're going to get to experience all this fun and have it at our fingertips.
0: Yeah. So cool. Uh, it's exciting and we have to wait till November 12th, unfortunately, but, uh, very much looking forward to having it out there. And it's great that they're going to have so much content right off the get go for us to, to check out. We're really looking forward forward to that so
1: well and plus the fact that if you think about you know right now if you see a disney movie in the theaters and you really like it you plan to buy the mm blu-ray or you know the digital or whatever and that's included in this yeah
0: Uh, all the films that are coming out here in the next year are all going to be on there uh very early on within uh, within the first year of, of the launch of um Of Disney Plus. So we'll save money. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, we will. And we'll be streaming a lot of these movies instead. And they are, and they did say also that a lot of the content will be downloadable too. So uh, if you're on a trip where you don't have Wi Fi or whatever, or you're with the kids and you won't have Wi Fi or some way or internet service, you can download some of these uh, movies and different things onto your device and you can have them on flights, on car rides, on whatever the case may be. So you don't have to use your data or your streaming service all the time to have them. So that's a benefit as well so that's kind of cool. Now let's move on to the next big batch of news that came out this weekend and that is Star Wars Celebration 2019 in Chicago it's still going on so there's probably more news being broken. We're t- again as we're recording we this on Sunday <laughs> so uh there's probably more stuff this afternoon. There's probably there's one more day tomorrow on Monday there might be some more news that comes out there but we'll get to the stuff that we know to this point and we're going to start off with yes finally finally we have a trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine, we've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now.
1: But this is your find.
0: All right, so audio-wise, okay, maybe that wasn't the most exciting thing. Just listening to it, because there's not a lot of dialogue actually in that trailer, but visually, and even the even listening, just to, I got chills again just listening yeah. to that last cackle at the end of it, um, and that's just listening to it. That's not even watching it.
1: Oh, it was so exciting! It was exciting. It. Makes you think, like, oh, oh my gosh, so much to do. speculate.
0: <laughs> so we also got the title, of course. It's uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. There's a lot of speculation on that, too. What does that mean? Of course, uh, you know, th- th- it all goes, we're going to have several months until we hit December when the film actually comes out. There's going to be so much speculation on what any of this means. I'm sure there'll be more trailers to come yet, but uh, really cool stuff. The panel was interesting. Uh, I just totally shut down work <laughs> on that day. but just sat back and watched the panel. It had uh, all the main people at JJ Abrams, uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, they had uh, all the different actors there. Billy D. Williams, who was, you little... <laughs> know, what Billy D. was on that day, but uh, <laughs> he was having a good time. Let's just say that. Uh, but it was fun. All the actors were there. It was a great time. Oh, by the way, uh, thank you, Star Wars fans. Good job. The, uh, the applause, the ovation you gave Kelly Marie Tran. Yes. Yay, Star Wars fans. Thank you very much for that because, you know, if you don't know, she's had a hard time on social media. Some trolls were attacking her out there. for. And whether you liked her character as Rose or whether you didn't, she doesn't deserve that kind of abuse, and it was great to see Star Wars fans Uh, cheer her on and give her such support
1: right and you could tell it really touched her Mm -hmm. you know that it really meant a lot Um, you know we've talked about that in the past that Star Wars fans are really great you know and there are a few squeaky wheels that kind of give it a bad rap but um, this it was wonderful to see the entire audience like you said she was the only one I'm getting emotional but (laughs) I'm stay spending way too much time with you, honey. <laughs> I know <you're>, It's catching. <laughs> it is it's catching. Um, but no, just you know, no one else. Got By the a way, standing when, ovation. I, when that
0: first happened, I didn't. I, I immediately started <laughs> bawling. I was so happy for her.
1: But yeah, so I mean, it was, you know, great to see that they they made the effort. They took the time to really show their appreciation for her as a person. That mm-hmm. you know, and like I said, she was the only one that got a standing ovation. So
0: they mm-hmm. really wanted to show the love yeah uh, really great uh, I really appreciate it. it was a great panel you can find it by the way it's still out there if you if you go look up the Star Wars show on YouTube or whatever they have the whole panel if you haven't seen it yet uh, check it out. Uh, really cool. Uh, the trailer uh, so much to unpack there. Uh, so many things, and uh, I think that uh, Je- uh, our good friend Rob LaBerry, who is actually, if you, if you go and uh, subscribe to the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, uh, he's been uh, going over the daily news uh, from Star Wars Celebration, uh-huh. so you can check it out there. Uh, I think on Monday night he was telling me he's going to do a uh, complete recap and kind of going over— nitpicking the <laughs> the trailer <laughs> going over looking in depth into the trailer so that might be a lot of fun to listen to if you're into this trailer at all i know a lot It had a great response people were cheering people were crying uh it was really exciting and boy um palpatine there or the at least the voice of palpatine wow and then um i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a little spoiler here for if you didn't see the panel um one interesting thing that happened when they, they rolled the, the trailer and everybody got to see it. And then the trailer stops and out there walks Ian McDiarmid. Right. You don't know who Ian McDermott is. <laughs> he was Emperor Palpatine, Darth Sidious. He was Palpatine. He was the emperor. He comes out and he could just tell he was, and that was the other standing ovation yes. was for him when he True. comes out. Cause people were so excited. And then he just, after a quick like laugh, uh, he just drops this on everybody. Roll it again. <laughs> so good. Talk about chills again. They rolled the trailer again. It was so good. I mean, you can check it out for yourself if you actually just go uh, to the, and find the panel. And it, you know, if you're like me, you just couldn't stay away from it. And you probably watched the panel a couple <laughs> times. But it was so good. I just played that piece like when I was sitting at home or at work. And I just played that sound piece over and over and over <laughs> again because it was so cool. Uh, anyway, uh, really fun stuff, really great, and um, what, what a wonderful way to really kick off. I mean, I know Star Wars Celebration started on Thursday, but that really kicked off Star Wars Celebration on Friday it morning. It sure
1: did, you know. Uh, and we got some confirmations of some things, too, like that it is kind of uh, wrapping up the mm-hmm. the Skywalker saga.
0: Yeah, uh, and so. that, that that what J.J. said is that this film is going to finally get um, – the main characters all back together you mm-hmm. know because they were kind of separated in many different parts of the last jedi kind of similar to what they were in empire strikes back when the, the, you know a lot of the characters were in you know luke's here with uh, with R2, uh, Leia and Han are over here, right. you know, and they're dealing with this stuff over at Bespin and everything. It's kind of similar in some ways with what they were doing in The Last Jedi. Uh, it's they, They're going to be back all together and they're going to go on one giant adventure together, so uh, that's interesting to see. Also, you know, he mentioned, uh, and we already knew that, uh, that uh, Carrie Fisher was going to reprise her role as Leia, even though she's passed away long before mm-hmm. this film started shooting, uh, but that he wrote Around he was able to find footage that was not used within the Force Awakens, uh, probably some from the Last Jedi too, sure. I would imagine. Um, that he was able to write the story around it, and so she was. It, he it was really a cool thing to say. He's like, you know, even though she wasn't there, it was like she was there every time we were editing the films, and yes. everything it was like she was there, and I, that was really right. kind of cool to hear.
1: It was also fun to hear that um, they are going to give some backstory to answer questions that people have been thinking about through the last. Couple of episodes. That's exciting. It's exciting. It's all exciting. I mean, this is exciting stuff. So,
0: uh, a little less exciting, unfortunately. I thought it would be more exciting, but it really wasn't as exciting as I expected it to be. Was the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge panel, which mm-hmm. happened yesterday on Saturday? Uh, it didn't really get as much new stuff. I guess if you didn't haven't been like totally. Scouring the internet and soaking up every little thing about Galaxy's Edge, maybe it was new to you. Uh, But we didn't get a lot of new stuff out of that panel, really. I mean, there's a few things. Um, One was that there's going to be some Star Wars specific Coca-Cola products with interesting packaging and they're uh, going to be written in Arabesh on there, which is Star Wars language, if you don't know. Uh, that was kind of interesting, but you know, uh, whatever, it's marketing. Uh it didn't get that much. You know. uh, what was cool to see was the Play Disney app functions that were displayed there. We're not going to get into that now because Michelle's going to get into that a little bit later on, so uh, obviously so you want to listen to that for sure. Uh, we got to hear some of the uh, Ogus Cantina music from DJ Rex. Knew, and you know, was it was, awesome. kind of, it was really fun stuff we got to hear. And one, I, I love that uh, one was compared to Hamilton. It's the, you know, yeah. droids <laughs> version of Hamilton was, was compared it to, which you know, anytime you mention Hamilton, I'm thrilled. Uh, and then we got to hear a little bit of John Williams' "Galaxy's Edge" score played there as well, and right. that was kind of cool. And that was a cool experience. Uh, so was that was about the most exciting stuff out. We did we did see some new pictures. Oh, one other thing that came out of it is that we found out that when you uh, get exit Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. Uh, When you exit through the corridor, depending on how you do on the attraction, now we already knew that it was going to how you did on the attraction. Did you bang up the ship? Did you you know do the mission successfully? What happened was going to uh, affect you as you were through the park. You know people will respond to you in different ways. Somewhat, if you wanted that to be the case, as you walk through the park. But now we found out that it's going to affect you right as you walk into the corridor. Like, if you banged up the ship and everything, the corridor is going to be like sparks flying, (laughs) and it's going to be all banged up. Isn't that awesome? Or if you did just a great job, it's going to be immaculate,
1: untouched, and everything. I don't know how they're going to do that, but that's amazing. It is. That's exciting. Um, I mean, the technology that they're using in this park is just phenomenal. And, you know, speaking of the DJ. Yeah, DJ Rex. DJ Rex. Uh, One of the things we noticed yesterday when we were at Disneyland and we went on Star Tours is that DJ Rex is no longer at Star Tours because he's got a new gig that he's working on.
0: Right. So if you know the queue at Star Tours, uh, if you go and look, there's a there's a bend you make. And then right there on your right, will be Rex. And we, he was Captain Rex, of course, before in the original version of Star Tours. Uh, and he's been pretty much there, just dormant. But every once in a while, he'll be like, dip, 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 you know, and make a little <laughs> noise and you know, and say some words or whatever. But didn't do much. But we noticed as we were going around, the, and I don't know how long this has been the case. It may have been for a while. We just never noticed it before. But we noticed uh, just this last trip through Star Tours that, that Rex is gone. Yep. He is now home in Oga's Cantina, Getting, you know, getting ready to spin the tracks <laughs> right? for all the soon to be people are out there. Six weeks? What is it? Six weeks? I can't believe it's so close. I know. So exciting! Um, that is, uh, that's just so cool. So yeah, uh, interesting stuff. So that was the Galaxy's Edge panel that happened on Saturday. Just this morning, before we got here, we got to check out the panel for the Mandalorian. Oh my God! I know is so know. cool looking. Um, so this panel. Uh, had John Favreau, who you know from many films. Uh, he did Iron Man. You see him in Iron Man. He's, he also directed Iron Man. Uh, he's also did the Jungle Book. He's currently doing the the Lion King. He mentioned that like, he's going back and forth from studios to do the Mandalorian <laughs> and, and do the Lion King, which is interesting to me. Dave Easy. Filoni, who mostly has been known for uh, Disney animation to this point, but this will be the first time he's directing a lot of the episodes for the Mandalorian. So he was there as well, and he's also a creative consultant on this. And then uh, three of the star- pedro pascal who is going to play the mandalorian uh gina carano and carl weathers if you don't know that name rings a bell with you uh think of apollo creed the original <laughs> apollo creed that's right. carl weathers and he's been in other roles too of course but uh that's probably where you know him the best he even he even did a little apollo creed thing when he yes. came out on stage <laughs> i want you i want you you, you. it was pretty funny um but it was a really cool panel. They had some interesting stuff that they went through. They did show a little uh, film to the audience there, not to the people that are streaming like us, uh, that showed some video from the actual, the Mandalorian. Um, we happened to be able to find a little leaked cover. Not, yeah. I don't think we got the whole thing, but we got about 40 seconds of it. Wow.
1: It looks great, wow. right? Wow.
0: It looks great. I didn't want to retweet it because, uh, you know, they, they wanted to keep it private, but that didn't mean I didn't want to see it. So <laughs> I did see it. Um, one thing I'll say about this thing, and from the photos too, just from the photos you saw, if you watch this panel or if you go back again, another panel you can find on YouTube if you want to look at it. Um, it looks gritty. It looks rough. It looks like a, you know, I mean, Star Wars has been a Western many times. Mm-hmm. This really looks like a Western. They compared it to, like a, a, some of the Clint Eastwood spaghetti western type feel to it whatever. But if you saw this footage, um, you know how they've always said that Star Wars, George always would say Star Wars is kind of for – you know, like 11-year-old boys, right. mostly. Uh, this is not... From this footage... Now, I don't know when we actually watch it what it's going to be like. This is adult Star Wars. I mean, this is yes. like for Game of Thrones fans type Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's for a different grouping. You may want to watch this before you watch it with your kids, right. you know, because this looked a little more rough, a little more edgy, a little... Kinda intense yes. at times. Um, definitely check it out first. And again, I just saw this footage, 40 seconds worth of footage, and I'm judging it completely from that, but it was really really, really intense, but it looked really, really cool, and yeah. I'm excited for it.
1: Absolutely, it did, and it was fun watching the panel and seeing all these stars um, really understand and appreciate the what gem they have now in mm-hmm. their life, that they're a part of something that is so amazing and so big, and they you could just tell they were humbled by right.
0: it. I love that. Pedro Pascal came on the panel, and they were asking about it, and he's like, you know... Uh, so i I got note you know, from my agent or whatever it was that, yeah, hey, come on down, we you know we've got this new Star Wars movie uh, or show coming out and we want you to check out. And so he's like, oh, he's all excited. yeah, so so what am I gonna play? Am I gonna play an alien? Am I gonna play a droid? You know <laughs> I' excited, And they're like, you're gonna be the Mandalorian <laughs> I was like, wouldn't that be you too? Uh, he was so excited that he was like,, all right, what do I need to, to go to this part? What do I need to watch? What do you want to see? <laughs> How can I get this rolled down? Uh, it's really cool. Uh, they, they all seem very excited to be in this uh, show. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see the outcome of it, everything, the pictures of it uh, that we were actually able to see fully uh, during this. They look great. Uh, the video footage that you may be able to find out there, I don't know. Uh, but that looked amazing as well from what we saw. I know that the the crowd that saw the whole thing still Gave them were roaring with yes. a standing ovation after the footage. They were excited. These are Star Wars fans, so they were thrilled by it. So yeah. that's cool.
1: They confirmed that uh, he is a bounty hunter in it. He plays a bounty hunter. Kind of. I don't know.
0: Is he a bounty hunter or is he just kind of a? Um, um, shoot, I can't think of the, the, the title for it. Uh, mercenary. Uh, oh. He's kind I of thought more they of a mercenary. Used the term that he no, was. I, I may. He, they may have. I may have just not. I may have zoned right. out at that part because I tend to do that from time to time, um, sometimes during the show here, um, as you just saw when I couldn't think of Mercenary. Um, oh, no, you didn't have
1: to point it out to yeah, us, I Yeah, I know, I know, I know.
0: What? Squirrel? Uh, anyway, uh, looks cool. I also like that they, they showed a little thing that they were so excited about this that there's a new ship. You, you get to see a little bit of the making of the or this new ship that uh, apparently is going to be the Mandalorian's ship. Um, and they liked it so much they made a smaller model because they, they, back in the old days, like they used mm-hmm. to do when the original trilogy went out, they would, a lot of their filming of space scenes were used with models and uh, motion cameras that would, you know, they would zoom to by yes. essentially – and they did that for this. They like this is going to be so fun. We're going old school with it. Uh, we're going to do some of that stuff. So they, and, but they don't do that anymore at, at Lucasfilm. That's not what they do. So they had to create all this new stuff. They had to make I mean, They still make models, yes, uh, but that usually it's more just for kind of you know mock-up and ideas and in, in general, and sometimes for use on the sets themselves. But uh, so they made this ship model and built a new camera that they can motion by it. And they showed them doing this and filming it. It looked so cool and so old school. I just loved it so much.
1: Yeah. It it does seem like they're going back uh, for all the projects that they're working on, even for the film, um, you know, episode nine, that they are going back to some more basic techniques of Mm -hmm. how they're doing filming. And that's fun to watch too. I think they're realizing, you know, the fun part of that. and, And, you know maybe some of the reality or the challenges that they get by ba- building these things it's just really fun to watch really amazing i feel like i'm saying that every 2 seconds in because
0: it episode. is Our other thing is really fun to watch and really amazing i mean yes. one of those things speaking of that and i need to go back to the galaxy's edge panel because there was one other thing that was really amazing that i forgot to mention in there is that we got to see uh, some of the uh, audio animatronic hondo onaka
1: oh that's right for the
0: uh, smug for millennium falcon smugglers run Holy cow, that was. I mean, I've seen a little piece of it moving, but I haven't really seen a, a large segment of it actually mm-hmm. happening we and everything. Mm-hmm. So realistic. I mean, it's like Honda Onaka's there. Uh, it's. Uh, it's just so good. And Jim Cummings, we knew that he was going to voice him, but uh, he's back. If you don't know, he was the voice of Hondo Inaka in the, uh, in the various uh, shows on uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, whether he's been in, Uh, he's back voicing it, but just the, and go find the clip of it somewhere. If you don't want to go watch the whole panel, because it is the most amazing audio animatronic I think I've ever seen in my life. And that's even from the, uh, the, um, Oh, shoot, from uh, Navi River. Um,
1: oh, right. Over in Pandora. Yeah,
0: I can't think of her name right at this moment, so f- forgive me for forgetting her name at this moment. But uh, that's an o- amazing audio. Right. I this one, to me, beat that one. It was uh, is unbelievable yes, to look I, at. I agree with you. Uh, so good. Uh, it, it looked like Hondo was right there in front of you telling you and the details of what's going on. It's really cool. A couple other things that have happened so far. We've seen uh, trailers and some talk about the, some of the couple of the new video games that are coming out for Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order, which works like a really cool video it game. Does. Looking forward to playing that. Uh, the, uh, the VR uh, video game, uh, Vader Immortal, uh, that looks really cool too. I don't think I would ever do a vr game but that one has me interested in doing vr for once because it looks really really fascinating uh one other thing that wasn't really part of a panel but they they have a uh, star wars show uh live set there with its kind of stage and they bring out various celebrities and different people involved that write some of the books and people that are there some of the the uh, main people that are there for Star Wars celebration. Well, uh, yesterday on Saturday they brought Ahmed Best on to the stage, and if you don't know who Ahmed Best is, Ahmed Best played Jar Jar Binks through all the uh, Star Wars prequels. Okay, and again, I'm going to give a a real good shout out to Star Wars fans out there because Ahmed Best was because of every, you know whatever you think of Jar Jar Binks. Um, People criticized him so much and gave him such a hard time that he contemplated suicide at one point. Right. Um, to be feel so welcome to come back and willing to come back after all that vile that was spit his way for so long, and then the Star Wars fans out there gave him just such a great meeting and round of applause, and um, it was just heartwarming to to see people approach him in that way.
1: Sure, you know, and it was also interesting the story that he shared that. George Lucas kind of early on tried to you know give him that forethought that hey kids that are seeing it now they know Georgia Brinks they thinks they like him and as time goes on that negativity from people who were, you know more old school a little more
0: c- c- cynicism from the right. older yeah from the people who liked the original trilogy or right. whatever
1: will 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 subside and so you know he even though he knew that it, it's still something that he experienced that was such a challenging and difficult time of his life and you're right the fans there really really took the time and energy to show that they really loved him and yeah. that was great to see
0: yeah uh, it was uh, again star wars fans Good job. Yay. Good job. I'm um, proud of you. You guys are wonderful. You look like you're having a fantastic time out there at Star Wars Celebration. Tatooine and Sons, I've seen all your pictures from out there. Another one of our favorite podcasts. Yep. They're out there. Uh, they're having a great time. I'm so jealous of all of you. Um, <laughs> we're going to try and do it when they, whenever the next one is. I think it's going to be 2021. I'm hoping it's going to be in Orlando or Anaheim, so it's a little bit more... Easy for us to get to this Chicago, but uh, you guys are having a blast. It looks like everybody's having fun in total jealousy here, uh, but. Uh, we love seeing all the footage that you guys are providing for us. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: So that's it for our Disney stories of the week. Uh, There's plenty of others out there but I just can't get to it all because we're already at about an hour and a half for this show and I knew if I get to other Disney stories as well I'm going to be pushing two hours and I just don't want to do that. So uh, plenty of other stuff we could have talked about but we're not going to do it this week. Uh, We may get to it in the future. But let's get wrap up the show with as we always do with our vacation tips. We always have some sort of tip that helps you on your next vacation whether it be going to the parks whether it be Disney Cruise Line a Run Disney uh, if you didn't want to see films whatever some of the movies we try and give you some sort of tip to leave your week and get you better prepared for uh, some of these uh, fun stuff that you have ahead of you and we always start with Michelle because her, one she's beautiful, fantastic, <laughs> wonderful, and she just has great, great tips. I mean, really, why you don't want to wait around for my tip, but you wanted to definitely listen to Michelle's tip because her tip is always the best. So let's just get right to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week.
1: Oh, you're too sweet. Uh, so my tip is actually an easy one for you folks. If you haven't done so yet, download the Play Disney Parks app. Um, they are continuing to add new and interactive gems to this app you know if you've used it or you may already know that you know there's trivia games you can listen to music of the parks um just even a couple months ago for disneyland resort they added a little new prize with esmeralda the fortune teller at the penny arcade shop Um, using the app she will grant you an extra free wish instead of needing a quarter uh and it also keeps track of where you are in that adventure and uh for disney for star wars galaxy's edge you'll really want to have this app because they showed a lot of the great new things that it's going to be doing you know for example it's going to have interactive games that come to life when you scan certain codes throughout the land um It can be used as your own personal translator. You know, there's so there's going to be a lot of different fun things that they, even just when it first opens, and that they're going to continue to expand on. So if you have not downloaded that app, Plan to do that, and the other little part of the tip is when you're at the parks, um, make sure your mobile device is fully charged. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because the app does use a lot of energy, but it's going to be well worth it when you go to the parks, especially Star Wars Galaxy's Edge.
0: Yeah, have a backup a charger. You know, mm-hmm. one of those portable chargers for whatever you you have to to uh, make sure your phone, because you are especially when we get when when Galaxy's Edge. When we saw this, then this was part of the panel we were just talking about, the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge panel, uh, was the, the different things you're going to be able to do. You're going to be able to hack different radio uh, signals with going throughout the, the park. You're going to be able to look into crates essentially to find out what's in there you're going to be able to what they told us, you're going to be able to do your own star wars story within there you can decide decide on the resistance you can decide side on the first order or you can be kind of a mercenary uh when you're there and uh, the way you uh, there are going to be different games that go on throughout the day that you we can access right through this app and you know and also when you decide which side you're on uh, i believe that some of the responses from some of the characters within the park are are going to be different if you are on the side of the first order and you run into a stormtrooper. they're probably going to be a little more friendly to you (laughs) than if say you're on the side of the resistance and vice versa so uh really interesting stuff and you know just the more i hear about star wars galaxy's edge the more i think that i could have a amazing time going into that area of the of disney into that world of star wars and never ride either of the attractions once they're open. I mean, I want to ride those attractions, but I could totally just go in there and have a great time without even doing that.
1: Sure. I mean, like, if you've done um, the Phineas and Ferb adventure at Epcot Center, Mm -hmm. you know, or the various different things similar to that at Magic Kingdom, uh, this app is going to be that and more, you know. So it will be reacting to things. It will give you information. So like you're saying, yes, there's going to be, the great attractions to go in there, but there's also going to be fun that you can have as part of this universe, part of this world that they're letting you actually enter.
0: And by the way, we are going to be there on the first weekend. That's also going to be our anniversary episode. So our anniversary episode, we will have just come back from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, and we will be able to tell you what we found out about it. We're probably just going to be here just crying. At least I am. I'm going to be like, by the way it was another thing, the thing I thought it was that Josh Gad who hosted the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge panel said that he did get to go in there they did a funny bit of not letting him in to go see it and everything it was kind of funny but uh, the thing is that he did get to go see it and he's like yes I literally stood in front of the Millennium Falcon and wept and I know that I will do the same I'm thing sure. when I get in there because it's so no exciting um, and so uh, be sure and be with us we're just a few episodes away from that when we get to our anniversary episode and that will be We'll be telling you what our experience was with Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge. Probably no spoilers, but definitely spoilers. So uh, just be prepared for that. But we're and that's if we make
1: it back. I mean, if we find a way to hide in a <coughs> crate, <laughs>
0: it's <true>. or the <laughs> if we're going to stow away. You know, in some of the smuggler's bins in the Millennium Falcon. You know, we'll be ready to go. So. Michelle's tip of the week, always a great tip. Hello. Here is my little tip, and I actually may have been, I can't remember if I'm stealing this from Michelle at one point, because uh, she may have done this tip at some point, but uh, it's kind of something that we were, we're kind of working on right now that kind of made me think about this and it's also has to deal with Walt Disney World Resort which is something we're which our main topic of the day today and that is the fact like if you are going to stay at the Walt Disney World Resort there's another way to save a little bit of money uh and it's really kind of an easy way to do this and that is by having groceries delivered to your room I again I think Michelle did this at one point but I'm going to go back over it again because maybe you didn't hear that episode so um most of the Walt Disney World Resort hotels have at least a mini fridge. Some even have full full fridges or kitchens, just depending on where you're staying at. So uh, you can cut some of your costs uh, when you're dining out there by, like, just saying having a few things there for snacks or lunches or breakfast or whatever the case may be. So let's just say for breakfast, even if you have a mini fridge, you probably have some room for some cereal and some milk, you know, and mm-hmm. some fruit. You know, it's something that can kind of—so you're not having to go out to— uh, somewhere in your resort to go find breakfast every day or whatever. It's all you know. People can be getting ready. People can be eating breakfast at the same time. It can help move things along. Uh, you can have sandwich stuff in there, whether it's peanut butter and jelly or sandwich meats, cheeses, mm-hmm. whatever, bread. Uh, so you can bring along some sandwiches to when you're at the park or whatever. Or if you just want to come back and have a quick snack, a quick meal, you can have that there. I'm just talking about things that are easy to do with a mini fridge, okay? Like... Now, um, another thing is that, you know, my big thing, what's my big thing? Hydration, hydrate, (laughs) hydrate, hydrate. You can have bottles of water, big packages of bottles of water or big bottles of water delivered right right to your room and have that there ready for you to go to the parks. You don't, I mean, yes, there is water to be found in the parks, but this is another way to have it easy access for you and access for you when you're back in your room. Uh, any other your fa- other favorite drinks, whether it be soda, juices, whatever the case may be, they can all be delivered to your room. Uh, if you like a little alcohol in your room, if you're an adult that likes to unwind in the night with a glass of wine or beer or whatever, that can be delivered as well from certain locations. Um, of course... You know, some of this stuff can be bought in small amounts in some of the stores, especially if you're in a, a staying in a resort that has a vacation club there. They will sell a little bit more on at some of their stores. But um, you have much more access through some of these companies that will deliver these groceries right to your resort. I'm not going to give you the names of those because they don't, sponsor us if they want to sponsor us i'm happy to give them their names <laughs> but they don't but they're easy to find out there if you want to contact us directly i could tell you which one we use and we're going to use it for this trip as a matter right. of fact we're going to be staying someplace with a mostly full kitchen uh so we're going to be able to do breakfasts and some dinners right in our at the campsites at the cabins um so that's one way to save some money and then we'll go and do lunches a lot of times at the various resorts mm-hmm uh, at the various parks and the resorts. So uh, if you have a kitchen or a kitchenette, if you are staying in one of the DVC villas or uh, the studio suites, you can even get more stuff in there. You can do much more meal planning. So just a way that, you know, you can curb some of that, Feeling like you have to go and dine at the parks for every meal or at your resort for every meal at some restaurant or the food court or wherever the case may be. Just kind of ways to cut into that cost and and give you some more options on ways to even, you know, get ready quicker by, you know, one here, since one one person takes a shower, another person's eating cereal or whatever, and just getting out sure. easier.
1: I mean that that is a real convenience as well as a cost saver. And even with the, when we stayed at the uh, the Value Resort, one of the beds was a Murphy bed that mm-hmm. went up and then it became a table. Right. Um, You know, little table. So, yes, it does make it more convenient whether you're talking, you know, kids or even adults who are kind of slow in the morning, get them going with a little bit of breakfast, you know, plus the comfort to know like, okay, I don't have to rush and get dressed just to go sit someplace at a restaurant to eat breakfast. I can just be doing this as I'm getting ready or as the kids are getting ready. So it is definitely a cost saver for some meals as well as convenience. Or like if you've eaten dinner at the parks and you're coming back late at the end of the day and you just feel like, oh, I just, I just need a little something, mm-hmm. you know, to not feel like you have to go to a food court or order room service that could be very costly. It also
0: gives you the ability to have some more healthy options if you like to have something a little healthier mm-hmm. around. I mean, the park some food fruit. is great, but some of it, you know, I mean, there are healthy options in the park as well. But, you know, you tend to go to the churro or you tend to go to the ice cream or you tend to go to whatever, you know, it may be. Uh, this gives you the chance also when you're back in the room to, you know, have a little fruit or have something that's a little bit healthier for you. So where well, you can feel like you're, when you want to indulge more, it's a, it's a, it's not as much as like it's all I'm doing is eating fattening food throughout the whole thing right. or unhealthy food throughout this whole thing.
1: Or that you can, you know, like you can get apple slices and little right. packets so that you can then bring into the parks too mm-hmm. that if you just want a little something between meals at the parks. You right. don't feel like you have to buy something just that's expensive. Just
0: more options. Uh, that good. So again, good um, yeah, well, thank you. And again, I think I stole that from you. But <laughs> yes, it's still, I'm going to take Credit for it today for my tip. <laughs> there you and, go. But again, you know, could you blame me for stealing Michelle's <laughs> tips? She always has the best tips. So how could I not steal one every once in a while just because my tips aren't as good?
1: So. Oh, not true, but that's funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's it for this week. Next week, we're continuing our Star Wars Remembered series as we continue the countdown to Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. We now know it. Uh, as you heard earlier, uh, next week we'll be taking a look back at Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Rob LeBerry, our good friend from the Jedi Temple Archives mm-hmm. podcast, will be joining us again to talk about that episode next week. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, to look back at one of the prequels.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, a
0: lot of good times. Like there. you said,
1: as we're counting down and you know all this new Star Wars news that came out mm-hmm. this week, it's just kind of getting us in the mood to really delve more into Star Wars. That's why well, we're
0: always in that mood. But right. yes, definitely that will be a good reason to. So uh, thank you for following us. Uh, you want to find us on social media. You ever want to contact us to uh, ask us questions, uh, you know, give us a tip, uh, whatever you want. Just say hi. Uh, we're happy to have you do that. Uh, we're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And you can always email us at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right.
1: And please take time Time to tell a friend about our podcast mm-hmm. we really would appreciate that and if you get a chance to give us some, some feedback and some rating that would also be well appreciated a yeah,
0: review would be fantastic yes. but uh, anything you want to give us uh, really really appreciate it we also have a website by the way podcast.com and you can subscribe to us again we're having some there'll be some issues going for the next couple weeks but we're going to get this all hammered out soon but uh, hopefully it goes as smoothly as possible and you hardly know except for me talking about it because it's on my mind all the time uh, <laughs> that something is going on. Uh, but you can still subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, I think Maybe that's working out for us, and Stitcher. We'll get that worked out one way or the other. But I know iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher are okay. If there's another place that you get our uh, podcast and it's, for some reason you're not getting the new episodes, please let us know. We need to get that figured out as soon as possible. And again, rating, review, really appreciated, but mostly Just tell a friend about us. We really appreciate that so very, very much. We sure do. Yes. So thank you again for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. But until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.